Welcome to the Kingsbridge is Simple and Secure podcast, where we will discuss no building threats, no people threats, no third-party supplier threats, and no systems attacks. All these combine to create chaos for your business, and they will be battled by King Phoenix and his shield. Hi, welcome to the KISS BCP podcast. I'm your host, Roswita Fur. Like and subscribe to the KISS BCP podcast wherever you listen or watch. And now, on with the show. If I was an employer, would I tell people, would I insist that people come to work? If they have a job that requires them to be at the office, I think that I would require them to come to work. If they well, want to. If, if it requires, yes. But then what yeah. do you do about requests for days off? Um, because in theory, if people are really passionate about experiencing this in person, then the minute the news came out, they would have already requested the day off. Yeah. Right. Um, and and then the c- latecomers to the party uh, that happen to be like critical staff um, or, or even more than critical staff, but people that normally would be need to be in the office, then, you know, you're, you're going to have some absenteeism. Oh, for sure. Well, for sure. Well, and, and the so- issue is there is companies getting ahead of that with a policy statement for the event. Um, and I think there's a really wrong way to go about it, mm-hmm. which is total rigidity, which plenty of companies tend to stick to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just affect morale for that day for the people that get upset because their request to take off was denied, especially when you've got kids who are being told to stay home for the day. Yeah. It's going to affect working parents tremendously and they shouldn't really be penalized by a work policy. Because on a different day, they wouldn't be. If they had to stay home because their kid was sick, yeah. in most jobs, they would not be penalized. This is no different than a child being sick if the school says, do not come to school. Right. I liken it very much to, like you said before we started recording or earlier, is that where you said it's very much like a snowstorm or yeah. like inclement weather or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. a hurricane or whatever, you know, whatever causes an impact. Now, the, the part where I agree that as an employer, I don't think it would be right to do it is if somebody applies through the proper channels and you deny their, you know, day off or whatever, just because whatever the rationale you want to use for it is. But what I would do is that if I had a, a, something like a a manufacturing plant or something that we had like an assembly line and you couldn't have one person missing because the entire thing would back up on it is that I would probably schedule because they'll know down to plus or minus 10 minutes. I would probably schedule like a break at the time when the eclipse is going through for those that absolutely had to be there that day to sit to, we'll just pause things. If you want to go outside, go outside, wear glasses, do this out of whatever, blah, 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 blah. If you don't want to go outside, stay in, you know, you can surf your phone or whatever and stuff like that and and give them that option so that you, instead of losing the entire eight hours or 10 hours, whatever the shift is, is that you lose like either that half hour, hour, whatever it takes to stop things, start things, whatever and stuff like that, and just be understanding. That but is if, a great idea. Yeah, because if it, if it's a if it's literally a once in a lifetime thing, and somebody is dead set on experiencing it, I don't think it's right for the employer to say no. That in mind, if they're 
if they, uh, if that person is super important and what you're doing is super important and you cannot literally cannot stop for whatever the reason is or whatever and stuff that the, the employee should understand that and should have asked for the day off. And if the employee yeah. didn't ask or whatever, grant them the day off if you can, but if you can't for whatever reason, then don't, but ultimately at the end of the day for, from BCP perspective, I'd be planning for it, like planning for that interruption, no matter what it is. Yes, absolutely agree. Because going back to what I was uh, started to say earlier is that you're going to have a morale impact mm -hmm. and it's not just going to be a normal, you know, company. It's not going to be something like that because this has so much media focus on it and it will on that day. And when people come back from that experience to work, the employees that weren't allowed to have that experience are going, there's going to be a, a longer term effect than just the one day in terms of grouchiness about it. And employee morale right now can be a very tricky subject anyway, that yeah. I personally think that a company shouldn't just say, oh, you know, it's not a big deal because I think there's enough of a potential impact that it makes much more sense to grant the request for the day off whenever possible and schedule that break like you suggested i love that idea for the 30 minutes or surrounding the totality and let people experience that if they want to um yeah. and for the people that you know absolutely have to be there for those two minutes at least let them hopefully have the before or the after so that they can at least experience part of it, even if it's not the totality, like, you know, try to arrange it to where if, if, if it's possible, you sub people in and out very quickly in yeah. an overlapping fashion right there so that people can experience part of it at least because this well, is, you know, for many people, it will be a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. And for, I guess the way that, that to think about it is that, you know, if it's one of these things where they are like, you know, incredibly critical staff for whatever reason that absolutely have to be at the office, that they physically have to be at the office or at the plant or wherever. You deal with it somehow with them not being around. If they've got a cold that day or they've got, or they're sick or they're, like you said, if they're, you know, their kids are off from school or they've got a, you know, a death in the family or some sort of personal emergency or something like that, the company must deal with it somehow. Yeah. If you, you I mean, yes, there will be cases where that won't be the case. Like, it's interesting, you know, when, when you propose this idea, I was thinking about it. I'm like, so we're down here, like the, the people on the surface of the earth. So on April the 8th, are they not going to be flying airplanes around the, what is it here, the path of totality? Or are they, because they're then 35,000 feet closer, the pilots are 35,000 feet closer. The people on the airplane are... 35,000 feet closer, you're not going to be able to get people on airplanes to not look at the windows. You're not going to close all the blinds. You're not going to do all of this or stuff like this, whatever. You're not even going to have the, the NASA Cracker Jack glasses. So then what are you going to do? Well, that's a good question. Are you going to expect the airplane pilots to like close your eyes now? <laughs> yes, 35,000 feet in the air, there's not really a lot to hit. They're not really driving. Yeah, and there's autopilot anyways. and things. They're on like autopilot yeah. and they're just, you know, but what do you do? And so I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting as a lot of things are, because you'll have some that will make the right call. You'll have some that make the insanely wrong call. I'm mm -hmm. sure we'll hear about both. Yes. But I think that the best thing that you can do is to plan ahead. 
So airlines, that particular scenario is interesting because during that totality, when a plane flies through that, you're going to have passengers looking out the window. Now, Ooh. I don't know what kind of protective surfaces are on airplane windows. I've never researched that. Um, but I'm assuming that there's not enough to look out the window and try to look at the sun. Now, granted, the sun is you know, basically going to be overhead because it's happening right after, I think, one o'clock. But if you're, you know, far enough away that you're not directly below the sun at that particular point in time, if you're in the outer edges of it, but you can still see, then, yeah, are you going to damage your eyes by looking out that airplane window? And at that point, does the airline have some kind of culpability in that? Like, I generally i would say no but yeah, was, in today's was... litigious society i could totally see a lawsuit coming out of that and would yeah. the airlines make a smarter choice by investing in glasses for those flights that pass through the path of totality during that hour like, is, is would that be a smart thing to do? Because it would get a lot of positive media attention for sure. Well, and it, it's interesting that you say like what, what spin would the airlines put on it? Is that I was going to Google it to see what airlines are are doing because they yeah. might have said what they're going to do. They might not have said what they're going to do. I, I I honestly don't know. But the part that I guess that's interesting on it, and that and not an astronomer, astrological, anything, whatever. So you've got like the surface of the Earth. You've got the Moon. And it's going to draw this line that goes, well, through you in Texas, through me in Ontario, and it's going to go like right by our homes. And you're like, okay, like we're nowhere close to each other, we're three and a half thousand miles apart or whatever it is. And so you got all this stuff where we're going along and they've, they've drawn this line. But if you're in an airplane 35,000 feet up and you're not even in this path of totality and you're just like, I don't know, 20 miles south or 20 miles north and you look at the window, is it going to be the same? Because, I mean, you've been in airplanes, I've been in airplanes where the sun comes streaming through the window. So clearly the sun can come in the window, but you can't look straight up because the window right. is too small. That's what I was saying is, is that if you're not directly in that narrow path, but if you're in the outer section, yeah. partial, then, yeah. you know, what risk do you have? And should the airlines be doing something clever like passing out glasses for the flights that cross that line, you know, between... 11 or between noon and two or whatever um it certainly would be a lot of positive yeah and publicity for sure i i don't even remember what i don't remember what plane i was on what route i was flying what airline i was on but i was going somewhere or coming back from somewhere and it was one of these things that something was happening on one side of the plane it was like the i don't know northern lights or something like that or whatever and they're like oh everybody you know if you want to see the x whatever the x was go to the the port side or starboard side or left side or right side of the airplane and look at the windows whatever people if you're sitting in those seats please let people look at your window or whatever mm -hmm. and i don't remember what it was but it was one of those things where yeah you know that's in this case i could see them saying you know if you're sitting in on the yes. left side or the right side don't look at the window and you know everybody right. if you want to see it make sure you've got glasses on but i also like you said is it from this Litigious, litigious world we live in are you going to have people that are going to come out after the 
after the fact and say, you know, I was on X flight. I never got any warning from the airline. I never did this. I never did this. I never did this. And now I can't see it. And I want money. And it's like, wow, like, it'll be interesting. And almost, it sounds a little bit silly to say, but if you're an airline, you almost would want to, so if the path is going like this, almost divert it so that the tails of the planes are pointing at the path while the, that path is going through, because there's no way it's covering the 3,000 miles from your house to my house instantly. Right, right. Absolutely. And so it's like, hmm, I'd be curious to see what sort of steps they're taking. Now, you should ask your NASA buddy if they're launching any space shuttle or like any spaceships that day. Interesting. Well, and this affects air traffic control then also yeah. if they are going to make changes to it. Um, so I find this whole path of the conversation very interesting that I want to like pursue separately. Uh, so we may report back. We'll see. Uh, but I also wanted to talk more about different kinds of impacts that companies should be thinking about or counties as the case may be. Um, yeah. I think we've already established that this is going to be a huge event and you don't want to underestimate it. Yes. If you're a corporate executive, if you are a business continuity professional, if you're an HR, you do not want to underestimate the impact of this. The number of employees that are going to be absent, the number of kids that are not going to be in school, the number of cars on the road. And you don't even have to be in a town that's in the path of totality. You can be simply in the path of the people driving to get there to have a really significant impact. So it may not impact people leaving for work in the morning, but depending on where you're at along that path, it actually could impact your employee's morning commute because there is going to be people camped out there way early or on the road to wherever mm -hmm. that are going to be crowding up the roads. Your employees are going to be late to work. Um, and that's something to consider. The people requesting the day off because their kids are off from school. We already touched on that, but that's another big impact. And then aside from the number of the cars on the road, all of these extra people are causing gas shortages, grocery shortages, and as the uh, article that we were referring to mentions, strain on first responders. So then the question that this, that this brings up is that it's going to be strain on groceries, so resources. Is this going to be like a COVID thing where it's a strain on toilet paper? Or missing toilet paper? Well, you know, we were just talking about our, our trip up to visit family in Austin to see the totality. And, w you know, only half jokingly were we saying, well, we, we better make sure that we bring toilet paper and water because there will not be any to buy. It's going to be like, so here in Houston, whenever we have a significant storm approaching, a hurricane, yeah. Yeah. bread and toilet paper are all gone and bottled water. There are none on the shelves. And the grocery stores really? are really good about restocking because they've learned over the past yeah. 20 years, especially what that looks like. But nonetheless, it's not unsurprising to hear people say, oh, I had to go to two or three grocery stores because I couldn't find the bread, the water and the toilet paper all at the same store. That still happens even with the extra stock that stores like um, the Kroger chain or the Randall's chain or HEB that they are Walmart, that they all take to with the demand that they know is coming. Even then, oftentimes they're short. So this is no different than a major event like a snowstorm if you're in the North where people are gonna run out and grab supplies before the event to make sure that they're okay for a few days. This is mm -hmm. gonna be just like that. 
in some places, not everywhere, but if you're in that path or if you're a major city right outside that path and you've got hundreds of thousands of extra people driving in, you better believe there's going to be gas shortages. There will not be a hotel room to be found. I've I've heard and read that you know, hotel rooms, at least in Texas, along the totality, are essentially non-existent. Well, yeah, because you were saying that because so you can imagine so using the uh, Bell County in Central Texas where they've got four hundred thousand people, and you've got enough hotel rooms to generally support the traffic in and out of four hundred thousand people. Well, if that's going to double or triple, so it goes up to one point two million. There's no way you bought eight hundred thousand beds yep. in yep. that area, and it's like, well, it'll be interesting. As I was just checking here, as you were looking, or as you were talking, sorry, to see what is April eighth, and it's actually a Monday. I was actually hoping yes, on some on some level, I was like, oh, it's going to be a Saturday or Sunday, and this is going to be a Monday. lot of this will be moot. But it, no, it's a nope, it's a nope, weekday. Nope, 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 of course, it's a Monday. Yes. So you mentioned Bell County. Um, yeah. And we'll share we'll share this article I think when um, as we post the podcast because for people who are interested in reading about it, Bell County in Texas has a population of about four hundred thousand. They're expecting to double or triple that number for mm -hmm. the totality for the solar eclipse, and um, they're they've declared a state of emergency already to prepare for the probable impact on their town. And one of the things that they're concerned about is strain on first responders, strain on hospitals. Things are still going to happen. And if you have X number of hospital beds and suddenly you have triple the population, you're going to have a, a pretty big uptick in ER visits, for example, because those things will continue to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think the, the article itself is interesting. So we'll share that. Um, on social media so that if you're interested, you can read that. There's a lot of, of interesting information in there that, you know, get, sort of certainly gets you to thinking. Yeah. Well, and it, it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, how does this relate? Well, it relates as a hurricane would up the East coast or as a snowstorm mm -hmm. would in the Northeast, like you said, or was it California last week had, you know, horrific rainstorms, yes. whatever. And yeah, and it's, yeah, and floods and you know landslides and everything like that, or whatever. And it's yeah, it's a it's an interesting. I would love to live in a world where it wasn't an interesting experiment. However, we live in a world where things like this will be an interesting experiment day in and day out to see how the whole thing unfolds. And for those businesses that are impacted, I really hope that they've looked in the mirror and gone, "Ha, huh, we really should do this." Now, the part that's interesting with the guys in Bell County, that they've actually thought far enough in advance to say, yeah, this is going to be a SHIT show, and mm -hmm. we should actually have something done in advance. So it appears that they've learned from past experiences of things where it's caused you know, either population spikes or whatever, mm -hmm. not specifically eclipses, because I mean, this eclipse yeah. type of eclipse hasn't happened in forever. What was it 50 years ago? I think we talked about earlier? something like that. Yeah. So yeah, clearly somebody's reading the tea leaves and has gone, and you know what, we should really do something about this in advance. Let's take a proactive approach as opposed to a reactive approach. Well, and and in reading the article, when I first learned that um, this county in Texas, Bell County, had declared a state of emergency, my first instinct, even as a business continuity professional, was seems like some overkill there. But you know, the more I got to think about and and sort of throw this around, 
yeah, it makes a lot of sense to do this in advance. And and a lot of these counties in Texas, um, especially the ones closer to the coast or in the path, like on your way to Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth area, for example, uh, about, oh gosh, it's been almost 20 years now, but there was a hurricane, Hurricane Rita, that what it is known for now is the evacuation that went terribly wrong. Um, and so all the counties that were impacted by that, that was like a whole bunch of, of Texas counties because it was all the way up to Dallas. It was all the way to San Antonio, Waco, Austin. People were trying to get out and typically going to family or friends or trying to find a hotel room, which at that point were like a domino effect, yeah. essentially non-existent. You know, we, you had to drive really far to find a hotel room yeah. when that event occurred. Um, but I think, you know, any any county that's sort of in or, or on a major route to get to the path of totality, whichever part of the country that you're in, would be wise to at least consider this option because you're gonna have such an influx of people that it is going to disrupt roads. It is going to have an impact on first responders, um, especially once you get to the point where the skies start to go dark that hour before, the especially the hour before, because people are going to be doing this out the cars and you know that there's going to be fender benders and you know that there's going to be, you know, a higher than normal level of at least minor car accidents because people can't help. But, you know, it's like rubbernecking at an accident, you know, yeah. but they're going to want to start to see that. And then people are going to start pulling off the road and, you know, it's, it's going to be a mess. So before this goes on for too, too long, I've got a question for you. Yeah. So you're in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I'm in Ontario, Canada. Yeah. So we're on either side of the imaginary line between the two countries. In Texas, you're hearing about things like this. In Canada so far, there hasn't been too, too much. But I also haven't really been paying that much attention to it because I was just like, oh, well, chicken little, the sky is not falling. That was my first thought that went through my head when you sent yeah. me the email about doing this. <laughs> Have we heard anything from the Midwest or from the north-ish, north east-ish? of the US? Have you heard any articles or or stories? I have, I have definitely down? heard mention. Um, I think Texas is getting a lot of attention right now because there are quite a lot of places in Texas that are a good spot to watch. So okay. there's, you know, in Austin, San Antonio, for example, and up towards Fort Worth, Dallas, there's a lot of good infrastructure there. And partly also because of the weather, it's a good mm -hmm. place to come to watch. You know, well, what's the matter with April the 8th in the Northeast? It's totally fine. It could be beautiful or it could be stunning. Who it knows? Could be 70 and it could be 25, you know, yeah. um, but also because of the uh, greater potential for clear skies. That's another reason why Texas is a favorite for traveling if you're able to, because there's a greater potential for clear skies to be able to truly enjoy it. If it's overcast. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Well, that's what always seems to happen here. Anytime there's these like once in a lifetime meteor showers or asteroid things or whatever and stuff for like this, you're like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll stay up. Cause it's, you know, the, it's supposed to be perfect at like midnight till one in the morning. You're like, okay, well, this is a Tuesday. I don't really want to be up until one in the morning on a Tuesday, but well, whatever, this is a once in a lifetime. You go outside, you look up. Yeah. It's completely overcast. Yeah. Every, like, every meteor shower ever that I didn't actually travel to, to see which was only once, every single meteor shower, pretty much, I go out in the backyard, we even wake the kids up, and it's like, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I 
Did you want to add anything else before we wrap up? Nope, I don't think so. I, I might get you a t-shirt that says I'm with Chicken Little and, and mail it to you so that you, <laughs> that's you can fine. wear it to, to Austin. That's fine. And I'll send you pictures of the really cool event that you're going to miss. So, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. I hope you found this topic as interesting as Skip and I did. I thought this was really fun and I'm looking forward to kind of watching how this all progresses and um, keeping an eye on whether other counties in Texas or in other states start to declare a state of emergency to get on get get ahead of this basically i think that's wise and i definitely want to reiterate be a good boss how as much as you can um the goodwill that you will get will be really you know a positive thing for the company um and number two it's it's just kind of like the right thing to do with an event of this magnitude if you're able to at minimum give people a 30 minute break around that totality to let them experience it you know, that's, that's, that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. I was going to add in there that this is not an eight hour event. This right. is a 30 minute event. Yeah. The world is not going to end in 30 minutes. Well, we hope it's not going to end in 30 minutes and yeah, just let them experience the once in a lifetime. You don't have to experience it if you don't want to, but right. if it's, in, if it's important to them, make it yeah. important to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again today. We drop a new episode every two weeks. Look forward to having you back with us. Thanks. Bye. Bye.